So I'm super excited to be here today, and I'm super excited to see where God is going to take us, Warehouse Church, in 2023. We had a great year in 2022. This is my first, this is my one-year anniversary. So I came here one year ago today, and, uh, and so we started January 2nd of 2022. And uh, so my family, we're super excited to be here, and I am so pumped to see what God does with us in this coming year. And I can't wait to see how God's going to empower you and how God's going to equip you to, uh, in your faith. I can't wait to see how God's going to grow us as a church in the coming year. And I can't wait to see how he's going to help us reach people who are far from him in our community. And, and I expect all of those things to happen. And I'm giving God thanks in advance for what he's going to do in our church. Now, at the beginning of the year, at the beginning of the year uh, of the new year, we often make decisions, right? We often make really important decisions about how we will do things differently in the coming year. And we, we, uh, I heard someone talking about we make lists about how, what things we're going to do differently in the year. Some of us call them resolutions. We'll make New Year's resolutions. Uh, we'll say that we're going we're gonna to go to the gym more, right, in 2023. We're going to eat less or we're going to eat healthier. Uh, we're going to read more books than we read last year. Or we're going we're gonna to do better with our finances. And the list goes on and on and on of things that we're going to do differently in the coming year. And, and we just tend to do that every beginning of every new year. And that's why beginning 2023 is such a big deal. And that's why we're beginning this new year with a conversation called resolutions. And we're going to talk about five, uh, we're going to spend five weeks talking about how we can change the way we change. Because that's what we do is we tend to focus in January on changing the way that we change. And we're going to talk specifically about that. How can we do that in a way that honors God? And that's why we're beginning 2023 with this conversation. And each of these icons up here uh, on the stage, each and every one of them represents a truth that we're going to discover about changing the way we change in the next five weeks. And so every one of these things leads to a truth that I feel like we need to be aware of, that we need to understand as we think about and talk about changing the way that we change. And not only are we starting the new year off with a new series, but we're also going to spend the next 30 days praying and fasting. We're going to spend the next 30 days praying and fasting. And so in your chairs, there's a book called 30 Days of Praying and Fasting. And I just want to encourage you to go ahead and grab that book right now. Uh, And this will be kind of our roadmap over the next 30 days. Over the next month, we're going to travel together uh, through this book, and we're going to spend time reading passages together. We're going to spend time fasting together and praying for one another and praying for our church. And, uh, And so each day... Each day you will be challenged to focus on spending time with God. And you'll be challenged to do that through spending time in prayer, spending time fasting, spending time reading his word. And then every day there's like this daily challenge that we're going to invite you to participate in. And my prayer, my prayer for us is that this time of prayer and fasting will allow God, will really allow God to come and to realign our hearts towards his purposes and to empower us as a church in Eastern Kentucky to grow his kingdom here on earth. Like that's my heart and my prayer that as we spend 30 days in prayer and fasting, that God will come and realign our hearts to the things that he desires, to his will and to his purposes for his church. And that as we do that, as he realigns us, that we 
will begin to grow his kingdom here on earth. And so this series resolution, these next five weeks, is all grounded in one passage. And it's a passage that comes out of the Colossians. Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 through, seven, six through 8. And, uh, and I just want to invite you, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Colossians. It's towards the end of the New Testament. It's a book that was written by the Apostle Paul. It's a book written to a church that, uh, that he had never been to, but he's writing this letter to them out of concern for them. And let's just read it together. It starts in verse 6 of chapter 2. And here's what Paul says. He says, So then, just as you received Christ, Jesus as Lord, just as you said yes to Jesus, just as that moment when you gave your life to the Lord, you surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, he says, continue, and I would encourage you to underline that, circle it, just, just put that in your brain, continue to live your lives in him. Paul says, listen, just as you said yes to Jesus, just the moment that you began to live your life for Christ, on that day, whatever that day was, for me, June 4th, 1989, won't forget it, that day that you said yes to Christ, he said, just as you received Christ Jesus Lord, he says, continue, everybody say continue. continue. He says, continue to live your lives in him rooted so dig deep roots in Christ and built up in him strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness Paul's like listen just as you said yes to Jesus I want you church to continue to live your lives in him and he goes I want you to dig deep roots in Jesus he's like I want you to build your foundation just like Jesus said in Matthew when he said listen build your house on the rock right build your house on this firm foundation Paul's saying dig deep roots in Jesus and he says and and built up in him strengthened in your faith don't forget that decision you made, but continue to strengthen that decision. Continue to build it up in faith with overflowing with thankfulness. Like how, how many days did we spend in 2022 being thankful for the things that God did in our lives? Like did we wait until, Jan until December 31st to look back and say, oh, God, thanks for all the good things that you did? Or have we spent time, Paul saying, Build your life up, be rooted in him, strengthened in faith and overflowing with thankfulness. And then he says in verse eight, he says this, he says, see to it, see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. Let's pray real quick. Father God, I thank you for your word. And God, I thank you for this call that Paul is putting on the church, Lord, to stay rooted in our faith, to build upon our faith, to not forget the decisions we made and to continue to build on it, Lord. And Father, I pray that as we enter into this new year, God, that you would draw us closer to you and that we would stay close to you in this year and that you would transform us. Lord, I believe with all of my heart that you have things that you want to do in every single person in this room. So Lord, may we be rooted in and built up in our faith in you in this year. God, would you just remove the scales from our eyes right now? Would you open our ears 
And would you soften our hearts that we can see, hear, and know exactly what it is that you have for us. In your name we pray, amen. Hey, I want you to look to the person next to you and say, listen, this could change your life. Just go ahead, tell them. This could change your life. Like this series could change your life. It could impact your life. It could, it could change the trajectory of this new year. And so let's just dive in. And I want us to look at the first of the five facts about changing the way we change. And, uh, and I want us to look at together as God initiates some change in our lives this year. And it's this, when it comes to growing in our relationship with God, hear this, it's not a project, it's a process. It's not a project, it's a process. This little symbol right here, it shows ongoing, right? It's like this, the ongoing arrows because that's what our faith is. It's not a one and done project, it's a process that happens over time. And this, this one truth, that it's not a project, it's a process, it's one truth that all the other facts that we talk about, all these other things that we're going to talk about over the next five weeks hang on this one thing, that it's not a project. Our faith is not a project, it's a process. And we don't talk about this nearly enough in the church today. And Paul, like I said, he's writing to this church at Colossae, this little tiny church in this little tiny town that he had never visited before. It's a group of people that he's never met, but he's heard of them. And he heard that there's some trouble going on in this little church. He heard that there's some drama going on and and they're being deceived by outside forces. They're being deceived by outside religious people that are trying to sway the church to believe in things that were never what Jesus designed the church to be. And and that's why he says in verse 8, as we read it, he says, See to it that no one takes, uh, takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, because that's what they were doing. These people were coming in and they were teaching these false things. And, and what Paul is saying is when you came to Christ, he's reminding the church, he's saying, listen, church, when you came to Christ, there was a trust that you placed in him. There was a faith that you placed in Jesus when you came to Christ. And he says, and you need to continue that way because Christian living is a process. Because living the Christian life, it's not a one and done project, it's a process, And there was a teaching in the day that was happening. It was called Gnosticism, and it was kind of a mixture. It was kind of a blend or a throwing together of a bunch of different philosophies that were going on, uh, both um, both religious and non-religious philosophies that were happening in that time. And so there was a little little Jewish belief thrown in there. There was a little uh, Roman philosophy thrown in there along with some Christian beliefs. And, And then there was a little belief that had nothing at all to do with any of it. And so these religious leaders were coming and they were saying, hey, you got to start believing this stuff. And they were just throwing stuff together and they were just pulling a little bit of everything. It was like a spiritual buffet. And they're saying, hey, take a little bit of this, take a little bit of that, take a little bit of this and throw it all together. And it really wasn't much different from the spiritual climate that we experience today. It's like today we, we take a little bit of Jesus and then maybe we take a little bit of Lady Gaga and then we take a little bit of, of this and we take a little bit of that and we just kind of throw it all into the mixing bowl and say, this is my faith. And that's what was going on then and that's often what happens today. And Paul's like, no. He's like, no, church, don't do it. He goes, all you need, all you need is Jesus. He's reminding them all you need is Jesus. Remember, 
When you said yes to Jesus and you claimed that faith in Jesus and Jesus alone as your Lord and Savior, he says, that's all you need. Let your roots go down deep in that and nothing else. Paul's telling the church at Colossae and he's telling the church today, he's like, all you need is Jesus. It's like, you don't need Lady Gaga. You don't need Buddhism. You don't need any of that other stuff. All you need is Jesus. Now, when I first became a Christian, I used to think that, that once I placed my faith in Jesus, that it was finished, right? Like, I thought that was all I had to do. All I had to do was say yes, one and done. I thought that all my struggles would disappear from that point on and that I was just going to be like Jesus, I thought it was just like a one-time thing, like a one-stop shop, like you go up to the, to the little vending machine and you put your quarter in and you get Jesus and everything goes okay. Like it all turns to rainbows and unicorns in that moment. But how wrong was I, right? Like I was completely wrong and, and I had to learn. I had to learn that walking with Christ is not a Saturday project that you do in the garage, but that it's rather a lifelong process that takes time. Verse 6, Paul says, so then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, he says this word, continue. He's like, continue to live in him. And I was like the guy who gave his life to Jesus. And that moment that he gave his life to Jesus, he thinks, from then on, he's like, from then on, when I see a pretty girl that I won't get any lustful thoughts anymore because I gave my life to Jesus and everything is fixed. And then a few minutes later, less than 24 hours, a pretty girl walks by and those lustful feelings come back. And the only difference between then and now is now he knows it's wrong, but he still experiences it. Or maybe like the husband that goes to church and he learns that he needs to love his wife as Jesus loved the church. And so he goes home, right? He goes home and he washes the dishes and he empties the dishwasher. And guess what? His wife doesn't say thank you to him and she doesn't throw herself at him right away. And he thinks that one time, one time is going to change the, his relationship and undo the past three years of condemnation. But that's not how it works. It's not a project. It's a process. Walking with Jesus is a process. Theologians call this, it's a fancy word, it's called sanctification. Everybody say it with me. Sanctification. Like I taught you some seminary word today. You can go home and feel all seminarian. Uh, I call it cemeterian, but anyway. Um, and so, so sanctification, it's a fancy word that just means the process of becoming like Jesus. And that's what Paul's saying. He's like, listen, it's not a one and done. It's a process to become like Jesus. It takes time. It happens over time. And, and for many of us, it's, this is so hard. It's so hard to understand because, well, we're project-oriented people, right? Like, we're crafters. We're do-it-yourselfers. We like short-term fixes to lifelong problems. Like, we want the quick fix. We want the, we want the loan that's going to take care of all of our debt, and we want it to happen right now, and we want everything to be fixed right away. We want our marriage, what took 45 years to undo, we want it to be fixed in one counseling session. We want everything to happen immediately. We like P90X, right? Like, I don't know if that's a thing anymore, but P90X, where, meaning a, a workout program that if I do 90 days, 
If I do everything that they say in 90 days, then I'm going to look like that dude, right? Like, I tried it. I don't look like that dude. It didn't work for me. Like, P90X, I got my money back. Like, it didn't work. And, uh, it's, you know, what took 45 years to build is going to take a whole lot longer than 91 days. And so Tony Horton's giving my money back because I don't look like that. But it's a process, right? The Christian life is a process. And as we think about the new year, And as we think about changing the way we change, we have to understand this. This is so important, that walking with God is not a straight line from here to there. It's not. Like, you've seen the meme, probably, where it shows a picture of what we think it's like, where it's just us at point A and then a straight line to God at point B. And then their next picture shows this is what it's really like, and it's like a mountain like this going every which way. And that's so true, that walking with God is not a straight line from here to there. It's usually a process. And let me just be honest with you, quite honestly, it can be disorienting. Like the process of becoming like Jesus can be very disorienting and at times discouraging. Like there are times I'm sure you felt, I know that I have, where I'm like, I feel defeated because I don't understand that it's a process and that God is patient with me and that it takes time. That's not the only place that Paul said this. Paul said in Philippians chapter 2, verse 12, he says, listen, he says, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Like it's not a one and done. Paul said, listen, this thing called the Christian life, it's a process, it takes time. You gotta work out your salvation with fear and trembling. There's some parts that you have to do. There's some things that you have to take care of. There's some work that has to be done because it's a process. Or look at what Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter four. He says, this is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. Every day, transformation is happening in our lives if we will surrender our lives to Jesus every day. You see, walking with God is a lifelong process. Now listen, you will never be more forgiven than you are right now. And I really want you to hear that. You will never be more forgiven than you are right now. And you will never be more loved by God than you are right now. Never. But you are still being transformed. God is still working in your life. He is still creating that masterpiece in you. And the process will never be complete until you, face Je- until you see Jesus face to face. But in the meantime, we're in a process. We're in a process. And here's another truth that we need to know. We all got a lot of stuff to process, don't we? Every one of us has stuff in here to process. We're all in process. We're all in this stage of being transformed. And some of it happened before we were ever born. Some of our mess came before we were born. Some of it is in our genes. Some of it is a crazy mess. It has to do with the stuff that we've chosen and the decisions that we've made. We all have issues. We're all in process. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I get real tired of circling around the same issues in my life over and over. Have you ever felt that way? Like, have you ever had this issue in your life and you're like, man, I'm just so tired of circling the plane around those same issues in my life. And and sometimes it gets a hold of you and you can't seem to shake whatever that thing is and you're circling that same issue over and over, the same addiction, the same bad habit, the same attitude uh, over and over in times. And and sometimes you just want to give up, right? Like you just want to throw in the towel and say, I quit, I'm done, I can't do it. 
And it's kind of like the person that, that, um, that reads the book about having more positive thoughts, right? Like they're reading the book about having more positive thoughts, but they still think that everybody sucks. Like they've read the book twice, cover to cover, and they still think that everybody's a mess. And they throw up their arms and they say, you know what? I'm done. I quit. It doesn't work. And a lot of people are like that. A lot of people give up and they lose heart and they lose their faith because they were never taught that walking with Jesus is a process. It's not a one and done. It's a process. And I'll be honest with you that one of my hangups, one of my big hangups is that I'm a perfectionist. That's one of my hangups. I am a perfectionist. Like I want everything done with perfection and everything that I do has to be done with perfection. Like these books, there's a mistake in this book and it is driving me nuts. Like it's driving me crazy. I wanted to go reprint them, but I can't do that. I can't ask them to reprint another 125 copies of this. Uh, I forgot to uh, reorder the scriptures. So you're going to read Genesis one day and then you're going to go to Job the next day and then you're going to go back to Genesis because I forgot to do that. And it's driving me crazy. Like I lost sleep over it because of my perfectionism. I'm a perfectionist and that's my mess. And I keep circling around the issue over and over and over. And I want to give up. I can't look at things and not get crazy. I go to another church. I'm the, I'm the worst to go to another church because I'm like, I do that different. I do that because my perfectionism kicks in. And, uh, and so, but as I look at my mess, as I look at that struggle that I have with perfectionism, I realize this. I realize that if I continually give it to God, that I'm getting better at it, that I have gotten better and I'm a, I'm a better perfectionist today than I was yesterday. And I'm, I'm better, I'm giving up like, I, I didn't have to, I, if I would have done this like a year ago, this book would have been redone. It would have been redone. And, uh, and I would have paid for it. And, and so, um, so this, is, this whole idea, is, it's not a project. It's a process. I wish it was a project. I love projects. I like finishing projects. I used to build models when I was a kid. I would stay up all night to finish a model because I couldn't stand the idea of knowing that it wasn't done. Because I like to finish things. And, uh, and, so, um, and so it's a process, so it's not a project. And you see, in the midst of our mess, in the midst of whatever it is that we struggle with, we have to remind ourselves that we're in process. Got to remember that, church, that we are in process and that God is working on our hearts and he is changing us over time. Sometimes change, hap- change happens immediately. Sometimes change takes a while in our lives. And there might be someone who uh, here who's been saying to themselves, well, what's wrong with me? Like, why can't I get that together in my life? Why can't I get it together in this area of my life? And God responds, listen, he's whispering in your ear. He's saying, listen, it's a process and I'm patient with you. Like, we're gonna get through it. We're gonna make it happen. And you were tempted though. You were tempted to disconnect You're tempted to disconnect from God, and God is saying, listen, he's saying, you're my kid, you're my daughter, you're my son, don't disconnect from me, because there's some stuff that's in process, there's some stuff that I'm working on in your life, and it may take a little longer than you might want it to take. And so as you enter into this new year, you might be thinking, I'm going to change A, B, C, and D, and it may not happen immediately, and you might start to get frustrated Because whatever it is that you decided to change in the new year didn't happen immediately. Just remember that. 
Remember that it's not a project. Remember that it's a process. And it might take a little longer than you expected or wanted to take. And, and, and it kind of come with this attitude. Say, so you know what? I blew that one. So what? I'll get it the next time. Because my life with Christ is a process. And the last thing that Jesus wants you to do is give up. He doesn't want you to give up. None of us are perfect people. But I promise you this. Even though none of us are perfect, this here is the perfect place for imperfect people. It is. It's the perfect place for imperfect people because check it out. You're in process. The person next to you is in process. The person behind you is in process. The person in front of you who you think has their life together, all together, is in process. We're all in process. And it may take some time. It may take some time for you to get your finances under control. It may take some time for you to get your lust under control. It may take some time for you to stop having to have everything perfect. It may take some time. But don't give up because God is not giving up on you. How did Paul say it? He said these words. He said, continue to live your life in him. Don't stop. Don't quit. Don't throw in the towel. Know that it's a process. Know that it's going to take time. Paul's telling the church, he's like, listen, church, you guys are like following some whacked out ideas right now, and you need to just, you need to stop, and you need to continue in the process of loving Jesus. Root yourself, dig deep roots in him, and build your life on Jesus and nothing else. Don't disconnect don't disconnect because God can and wants to transform your life. Listen, if you got big goals for 2023, awesome. But at the end of the day, don't quit. Don't disconnect because God wants to transform your life. And to remember that we're all in process. And the beauty of it is that, all, is that we have a God. And I love this about my God. We have a God who is patient with us oftentimes more patient than we are with ourselves. He's patient with us. He's patient with others. He's patient with everyone. And as we change the way we change, I'm going to say it one more time. We have to remember, it's not a project. It's a process. So as we close this morning, let me just ask you this question. I would encourage you maybe to even write it down on your book. What might be something in your life that you need to change in 2023? Like what might be something that God wants to do in your life in 2023? It could be a bad habit. It could be that God wants you to get your finances straight so you can be more generous. It could be that God wants you to spend time with your kids, more time with your kids. What is it that God wants to do in your life in 2023? What's something that God's tugging at your heart saying this is an area in your life that I really want to see transformation happen. Like we got our own ideas. We want to lose 50 pounds. We want a bigger bank account. We want a better job. We've got our ideas. But have we stopped to consider what is it that God wants to transform in you in 2023? It might be to get healthier. It might be to get better at your finances. It might be to give up control. It might be to uh, be a better husband or a better wife or a better friend. I don't know. 
but what's something that God might want to do in your life in the new year? And I want you to name that one thing. And I want you to encourage you to write it down in your book somewhere. There's a back page that says notes. You can write it there. Uh, You can write it on the front cover, wherever you want to write it. But I want you to be thinking about what's something that God wants to transform or do new uh, in your life in 2023. Write it down and commit yourself to the process of change. Just know right now, it's not going to happen overnight. It might take some time. It might take a week. It might take uh, six months. It might take the whole year. Whatever it does, you say, I'm committed to seeing this happen in my life no matter how long it takes. And as we launch into another year, as we launch into another year together, let's invite God. Let's invite God to come and take up residence in us. And let's give God permission to transform us from the inside out. You see, God's not a bully. God doesn't come and bully his way into your life. God lets you invite him into your life. And so why don't we invite God to come and to take up residence in our lives? And why don't we give him permission to say, God, whatever you want to change in me this year, I give you permission to do that. I give you permission to transform me from the inside out. And that's why we're spending the next 30 days in prayer and fasting. And that's why that's so important. That's why it's so important. It will help us. It will help position us in such a way that we will hear from God and that we will be transformed into his image. And so how does the 30 days work? It's really simple. Like it's not rocket science. It's really simple. Every day. You have a passage to read. You can go to day uh, two over there. It says pay homage at the top, January 3rd. There's a passage right at the top. Just go ahead and read that passage. And then uh, you can answer the question and respond. Take a few minutes. Just joke. You can jot down bullet points. You can write a paragraph, whatever you want to do. And then there's the reveal. And the reveal is there's an activity. Uh, and so the first day, your activity, as we think back of when we decided to follow Jesus, there's often a person that played a role in that. So we want you to pay homage to that person by writing them a letter. Uh, If they're no longer with us, you could still write them a letter and say, thank you for being an influence in my life. Thanks for leaving a legacy in me. And uh, and then reflect at the end of the day. So the beginning of the day, read. At the end of the day, reflect on how your day went. And so that's an important part. So every day you do those things. The fasting part, which is the part that many of us don't understand because fasting is a a spiritual discipline that many of us don't practice, we don't talk about, but it's simply this, that you'll choose something that is meaningful to you. Fasting is simply choosing something that is meaningful to you and giving it up over the next 30 days and replacing it. So it's not just giving it up, it's replacing it with more time with God, more focus on God, more attention towards God. It could be giving up a favorite food. It could be maybe you go to Starbucks every day and you're like, you know what, I'm going to give up my Starbucks for the next 30 days. And so in the time that you would spend to go to Starbucks, to wait in line, to get that latte, latte, caramel cream, gooey thing, in the time that you would spend to do that, you would spend time thinking about God. It could be giving up uh, a social media. It could be giving up watching TV. It could be giving up 30 minutes of sleep every day. But when you give something up, it's something that has to be meaningful to you. Like if you're never on social media and you're like, I'm giving up social media for 30 days, but you spend like maybe an hour a month on social media, that's not really meaningful. So give up something that's meaningful to you and not just give it up, but replace it. 
replace it with some, some time with God. And, uh, and so give up something that counts and replace it with focusing your attention on what God wants to do in your life. So make sure that you take your 30-day journal home with you today. And, and if you're online, if you're watching online, uh, you can download it on the website. Just go to the homepage of the website, go about halfway down, and there's a link there that you can download this and print it at home. And, and, and let's just see, right? Like, let's just see how God empowers and equips us as we live our lives in 2022, 2023, rooted and built up in Christ Jesus. Let me tell you this, that you only get out of this what you put into it. It's like everything else in the, in the world. You only get out of it what you put into it. And so if you will spend the next 30 days genuinely invested in fasting and praying and spending time in the word of God, I can promise you that at the end of the 30 days that you're gonna see what God's up to in your life. You're gonna see the beginning of what God wants to do for you and through you in 2023. God wants to empower you. He wants to equip you to live your best life right now, right here in Eastern Kentucky. And listen to this too. Not only does he want you to live your best life, but he's got plans for you to impact the lives of people around you. That if you'll take the time to invest in you now through praying and fasting, that God's gonna honor that. And he's gonna use that time to impact the lives of other people. 90% of Floyd County, they're not going to church. 90% of them are sitting at home and they'll sit at home next Sunday and the Sunday after that and the Sunday after that. But check this out. If we, as the church, will continue to build ourselves up, rooted in Christ Jesus, he'll transform your life and he'll transform the lives of so many others. Starts with you. Starts with me. Saying, you know what, God, I'm going to start 2023 different. It's not going to be a dumpster dive this year. I am going to spend the first 30 days investing in your word, praying ceaselessly, endlessly, and fasting so that you might transform me transform others through me. Will you do that, church? Will you join me in saying, God, I'm not spending 2023 like I spent 2022. It's going to be different because I'm putting you first. I'm investing in you. I'm investing in my relationship with you. Nothing else is more important than you, and you're enough. Would you pray with me? Father God, I thank you so much for Paul's words, Lord. God, for how he reminded the church that just as we first gave our lives to you, just as we first said yes to you and, and received that faith in you, that we must continue to do that every day of our lives. That our, our life with you is not a project, it's not a one and done, it just doesn't happen in one day but it's a process. You're doing a work in us over time. You're transforming us every day into something new, 
Just like Isaiah proclaims, see what new things God is doing. God, I believe that you want to do something new in every person's life in this room. God, there's some people in here that 2022 was rough. And they need something different in 2023. Lord, they need transformation to happen in their lives. Lord, help us to remember, though, it's a process. For some of us, it may happen immediately. Others of us, it may take the whole year. But no matter what, we're going to place our faith and trust in you every day, believing that you know what's best for us better than we do. So, Father, we thank you in advance for how you're going to work in our lives and how you're going to work in the lives of others in this coming year. God, we thank you in advance for the people that are going to be baptized in this room in 2023. We thank you in advance for the lives that are going to be changed and transformed because you came and you totally turned their lives upside down. We thank you in advance for the healing that's going to take place in relationships in 2023. We thank you in advance for the lives where addiction's going to fall to the wayside in 2023. We thank you in advance for the new relationships that are going to be formed in 2023. We thank you in advance for the people that are going to come here that have never been to a church before. We thank you in advance for the people that have been hurt by other churches that are going to come and experience healing in this place. God, we thank you in advance for the work that you're going to do in our lives. So God, right now, would you just show us the work that you want to do in our lives? Would you just give us like a starting point? Give us a starting point of what you want to start to do in each of our lives so that we can begin the process of seeing transformation happen. We love you, Lord. God, thank you for loving us in the many ways that you do. In your name we pray, amen. As we close today with a song, I always invite you to come up if you want to spend some time in prayer. Um, our house is your house, and this is your house, and so you come and you spend time in prayer. Maybe you want to come today and you, you want to thank God for the things that he did in 2022, or maybe you want to thank him for what he's going to do in 2023. Maybe there's some things that you're realizing already. I need to give these things up to God. Like I need to place them at the foot of the cross. You come and do that. If you want someone to pray with you, I'll be right there in the front row. I'll be happy to pray with you. But as we come, let's stand together and let's sing and let's give our best. Like it's the new year. Let's give our best to God and worship today. And let's set the tone for what the rest of the year is gonna look like in 2023. Because I believe with all of my heart that God has a plan and a purpose for your life in this year. And he wants to use you not only to change your life, but to change the lives of people around you. So let's stand together right now. Let's sing and give our hearts to the Lord in song.